Hi, welcome to Not Another Marketing Podcast, where I'm talking to Jennifer Shaheen, the founder and president of Technology Therapy Group. Now, we're talking digital transformation and how to be more productive when we're working remotely. Thanks for downloading. Now, if you're a marketer, the chances are that you're working remotely or you're in some sort of hybrid situation. And over the last couple of years, digital transformation has kind of happened really quickly, hasn't it? Uh, Can we be more productive remotely, though? Should we turn off Slack and Teams every now and then? Yes, yes, definitely. And uh, can we still have those kind of water cooler chats, you know? talking about what was on TV last night, those sorts of things. Now, all these questions are more answered by Jennifer Shaheen, the founder and president of Technology Therapy Group. Now, you can find Jennifer at technologytherapy.com. That's technologytherapy.com. Also on LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter, all the links are in the show notes. Just check them out and give them a quick tap. Uh, If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love it if you could give the pod a quick shout on social media, subscribe via your favourite podcast app. You can check out more episodes at jtid.co.uk forward slash podcasts. Now, the first thing I asked Jennifer was if she thought marketers were kind of heading back to the office or if remote hybrid working was basically becoming the norm. Well, John, you know, it's a really great question. Um, More often than not, because of the last year, we've all realized we can work remote. Yeah. (laughs) So, Unfortunately, for some people um, who like the face-to-face, um, I do see this becoming much more of a remote or hybrid because we don't have to be in the office as marketers, right? Um, sure. But uh, I find that it's important to have conversations and to be engaged in conversations. So um, in general, I do think we're going to see, you know, for depending upon the size of the organizations, a bit of a hybrid model, but more often for our marketers, they don't seem to be having to be in their offices uh, the way they used to be. Um, I would encourage them though, however, if they have an opportunity to go to the office or spend time with their clients to do that because ideas come from energy. And I think that's a big part of, you know, what is going to make a difference for those who are more successful with, you know, new content and new ideas um, in the years to come. I know the more time I spend talking to clients or even my own team, um, new ideas come up from those conversations as opposed to being isolated. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it's a strange one, really. I mean, when... I, I thought of, I, I sort of like when the lockdown hit and I, I sort of like thought this is great. <laughs> I, I could do everything online because I was living at, living in the world of life four nights a week in a hotel, basically traveling around the UK doing training sessions. And then suddenly everything moved online. And I thought to myself, this is fantastic. But now kind of 18 months down the line, I'm thinking, you know, I'd like to get back into into training rooms a little bit more. Do you Do you hear people say that sort of thing? I do. And it is interesting because, uh, like you, I am, we're a train, you know, I do training. Um, mm. and, um, one of the things that I think is the hardest part about the world we have moved into is that when people are in front of you as a trainer, you know, in a classroom, you can see if they're on their phones. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but 
when we're doing a training so we actually we have a training today at one o'clock for one of our team members is doing training on uh you know setting up your instagram and facebook ads sure and we do them live and the reason we do them live is to help keep people engaged so that they can interrupt and ask questions yeah but you know it's harder for that presenter because it's you can't always see every face on the the zoom or the go to meeting or whatever technology you're going to use to know does that person get it or are they just looking someplace else and being distracted right now yeah there is a disconnection isn't there i did a training session a few months ago and it was on teams and there were 18 little black boxes on the screen everybody had turned their mics off they turned their cameras off there was just me doing this and nobody asked a question and it's like Oh my, is anybody there? <laughs> exactly. And um, as you know, with marketing in general, I'm very much a person who likes feedback. Yeah. Uh, you know, so even if with my digital marketing tools that I teach people, we always want to know, is this resonating? And we use data to do that in, in face-to-face or in person, or even on a Zoom or Teams, I like to look at people's faces to see at least the head nods. And I try as much as I can to engage with individuals in that more as if you were in front of me way and say, ask questions and get people to be part of the conversation. Uh, And I I think that's probably the hardest part of what's going on right now is keeping people engaged. So so if we're we're moving to kind of like more of a hybrid working environment, uh, we're going to need more of this digital transformation thing. Now, I, I'm old enough to to know when digital transformation was happening in the 1980s, for goodness sakes. And people would say, you've got to get a computer. You've got to get one. They're really clever things. And digital transformation seems to have been going on forever and ever. What, what does it mean now, today, in kind of 2021? That's a great question. In my opinion, you know, digital transformation really is about um, all of us. And by the way, this is not age centric, right? Sure. It's about all of us recognizing that we do need to understand the way to use the digital tools to connect and actually build more of a community. And I love that you brought up that you said something about the 80s because <laughs> I am I am not a true digital native, right? I am a Gen Xer, <laughs> but I call myself more of a digital native because I latched onto these tools. But I find that now we are getting that transformation of multiple generations really starting to recognize that they do have to embrace these tools more than they ever did before. And in for many people, it's not just work-related, right? It's now even family-related. And sure. I can't begin to tell you the stories that I've heard because of what I do. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, people say, oh, you're the technology therapist. I have to tell you this, right? And what will happen is someone will say, well, I you know, wouldn't have had a relationship with my grandkids if it weren't for, and they could fill in, you know, their favorite tool that they could video chat with. Um, So I think in general, I think some, I like to see the positives in life. And I think the last, you know, 18 months to 24 months is really pushing more digital transformation. Sometimes people went kicking and screaming, right? But 
I think they've really started to some more than others seeing the more positives um, than the negatives. Yeah. Do you think we got into a bit of a habit of kind of like sticking with the same tools and using the same stuff for like years and years and the years? And then suddenly in the last few years, we've been given millions of tools and it's like, oh, I'm, I'm still OK with Microsoft Word and emailing it to 15 people and having a five mile long email chain. I mean, all that sort of stuff should go really, shouldn't it? Well, you know, it's funny. Um, I think it really depends on what the objective of the individuals or organizations are, because I know personally, I'm one of these um, tool hunters, right? Like I love to find new technologies that haven't been discovered yet. I, in my personal life, always say I'm a first adopter, but in my business life, I am not. I always want a tool to go through iterations before we adopt it. But uh, I do feel as though more has been pushing onto those tools. What I mean by that is I think because so many more people have been developing new technologies, it really has pushed some of those bigger companies to start paying attention. Uh, there was a great story uh, earlier this year about how you know Slack really pushed Microsoft to be better at you know what they were doing yeah, sure. and so I think that you you really are seeing more of that. Um, I I do want to say that I think there is becoming a bit of tech technology tools overload. Yeah. Uh, I do see a lot of that happening. And um, what I also see with my my small one or two individual businesses is they fall in love with the tool and they won't move on to something that would be better for their business and themselves because what? We're comfortable. Yeah, we, yeah. So now we're doing what we did before COVID is we're, we don't want to move on because we found something that makes us comfortable. But unfortunately, when we're small, sometimes we do have to change because these there are tools that are going to make them more productive. They're going to give them uh, a little bit more automation. And I, I inevitably see, you know, I have my small businesses during a session, John, do a like breakdown and tell me every tool you use and why you use it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and by going through that exercise, we can often find where they have some tools that have overlap and they don't want to let go. And that becomes now that conversation of transformation, which is we have to step back and say, okay, we have to, just like anything else in life, learn that we are going to have to adapt and change and let go of a few things that are not always healthy for us because we've become emotional about something in technology. Yeah, I think it's easier if you're small as well, isn't it? I mean, if, you, if you're a freelancer or if you've got a small business which has got 5, 10, maybe 20 people uh, employed, it's much easier to, to integrate new tools than if you've got 5,000, 10,000 employees, right? In some ways it is, but I think also it works the opposite too, John, because what I think happens is we're small and so there's not someone else or a few people around us who might be nudging us saying, hey, you know, if we let go of these three tools, we can move to these two tools and it might take us, and this is the part, right? When Mm. we're small, it's the change hurdle. It's going to take you six weeks to get up to speed and when you're small, that that six-week transition 
it's t- it's tough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, you, you, you might you might you might be missing things that you wouldn't have missed before, right? During that transition. Yeah, I I think the honestly a lot of what I find is it's not the catalyst for technology change. It's the the drop in. Uh, it's more of what causes us to not transform is especially when we're small is because we have so much setup work to do. And that's the thing about some really good technology tools that will make us more efficient. It's we have to stop and and that's that word right there, stop, right? Yes. How yeah. many small businesses and freelance individuals who you could say, you know, you just you need to slowly change a behavior. Behavior change is never easy. No, no, you're right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, how do you recommend we communicate when we're remote? Um, more chat or less chat? So when you say chat, can you define, do you mean yeah. verbal chat or do you mean written? <laughs> well, I suppose nowadays it's just Slack and Teams. It's written, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's that normal com- communication that would go on. Uh, during the day, I mean, I've got, I mean, I've got my own opinions about communication. I think half of it should be just ditched for a start. Uh, but, um, but how how do we get around this communication side of things? Because you're constantly disturbing people with that ping, aren't you? Well, you know, during this very conversation, I have slept, set my Slack notifications <laughs> to do not disturb. But um, I think that actually, right there. You know, we as individuals and as organizations have to sort of set certain rules for understanding that it is okay to say, I need, just like you would in a physical office space, right? You'd say, you know, I need to close my door and focus and put my phone on do not disturb, right? Because I'm going back to now the 90s, right? Where we would do things like that. So um, there's, I, I feel like that somehow, there's this stigma attached to this for many people where they say, like, I always have to be available. And yeah. that's not true. I think it's just about communicating. So, you know, with my developers or a content writer or a designer, one of the things that I recommend to them is that they put a notification to other people that say, you know, the little bubbles that you can put next to your names in Slack or in Teams that say, you know, I'm in writing mode and, you know, do not disturb and then just you have to remember to take it off i think that's probably the other part of it but i do not think that being interrupted all day long is a healthy because you can't get going with a rhythm or an idea and as a marketer that's actually very important to me i can't diagnose someone's data if i'm constantly being interrupted i need to focus on what i'm looking at and i believe we all need focus i think the stigma has come from that we feel like we always all have to be available. And I don't think that's true. And I don't think the conversation is being had about saying, hey, I I need just, you know, two hours to focus today on X task. I will be much more productive or you will have much more. um, We just have to be more open about having that communication (laughs) directly with you know, your teams. And as you're a freelancer, you have to have that conversation with the client, you know, that I will get back to you within X hours of you, you know, emailing me. I, I see that, that you brought this up as Slack and Teams, but yeah, yeah. 
if you recall, the people used to have this expectation with emails in the same way. Is sure. They expected you to email and they'd get a reply within like 20 seconds. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's, I, I, I see it. I don't know. It, I mean, let's, let's just say it. I see it as a, as a type of addiction. I, I really do. And I, I worry a lot because I'm old. So I worry an awful lot about younger folk who seem to think that it is the norm and and they have to behave like this and and respond to everything instantly and be always available constantly and this leads to burnout it leads to mental health problems it leads to uh, a problem where you never get any work done properly you never have two or three hours where you can just work do you well i think that First off, I don't disagree with your assessment. Mm. I do think there are a lot of people that feel that way. Uh, but I think it's up to organizations um, and individuals to take back. And, and that's why when I talk about digital transformation, this is a lot of what I think this relates to as well, is we have to communicate that I need X time. And I think 20-somethings yeah. are not always um, encouraged nor empowered to say that to sure. leadership in certain organizations. And I started my business in the 20, when I was in my 20s. So I had to advocate for myself uh, yeah. a lot more because I was in the role of being a leader to my clients. But in my organization, I do try and say, and I, I openly say that to my team members, I'll say, uh, I need something by X date. Um, do you have enough time? Do you need some sure time to work on that and I think that that has to be something that we're all talking about is giving people time to work on it and understand that someone cannot be disturbed because they do need to focus yeah yeah do, do you think documentation plays a part in this as well kind of like uh, being able to write down how we do things so we're not asking these silly questions all the time you know it I I have this thing with documentation because, you know, John, what happens with documentation is... Nobody reads it. <laughs> Thank you. So I am very big on documentation. As a matter of fact, uh, before my call with you today, the headset that I normally use <laughs> um, wasn't working. It was auto-muting. And so, of course, you know, we start looking up the problem and the information's out there and you find it. So... Um, when we talk about this as organizations, when you're a small one person or two person business or even a freelancer, you should document for yourself and yeah. create checklists for two reasons. One, sometimes when you're very focused and clear, you really know your steps. And so then you can use that as it almost you know, check for yourself. Did I do this? Did I do this? Did I do this? And so I do feel as though documentation is very important. However, um, again, with the organizations, you have to not only do clear, clean documentation for team members, but I also feel like not everybody learns the same way, John, right? Sure. So this yeah, is why yeah. videos, like, you know, video samples or step-by-steps, uh, you know, can not only show someone the steps, um, but also they can see it in writing, see it on the screen, hear the person explain it. So I always like multiples um, because like for me personally, and we all have our own nuances to learning. So having things documented, but then explained in multiple ways can be helpful. 
but again, your team members or even yourself, you have to go back and use it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I, I mean, I think um, I think writing down your workflow and that, that I've spoken to a number of agencies where there's kind of like one person who's got all the information in their head. And then everybody else, if they forget one little bit of the process, they have to go shouting across the room and say, how do we do this? Or what do we Whereas right. all of this should really be written down so you can find it out for yourself, shouldn't it? It should be. And we do that in, you know, my organization. We call them house standards. And, mm. you know, when you set up a form on a website, there are literally, we give our team checklists of things they're supposed to set up and then test um, and so we do absolutely do that. And, and that actually, I learned those things from a client who would say that to me all the time, because how else do you pass knowledge if you don't document it? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, as you mentioned at the very beginning, you know, your individuals, like even, you know, if you're a freelancer and you want someone else to pick up something while you're out of town, yeah. you do need to do that. So it's a better idea that we do it at the beginning so that we can go, you know what? I can bring somebody in <laughs> yeah, yeah. and hand this over, um, you know, so you can go on a vacation. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I think it's important for freelancers, particularly because a freelancer will will tend to be working with different projects, different organizations. So they could be swapping and changing what they do quite quite a lot. You might not work. You might only work one day or two days a month for one organization, for example. And when next month comes along, you've forgotten how you put everything together. Um, so, I, I mean, I do it myself. I've got a whole list here of everything I need to do to get a podcast ready, right? Right. Yes. And you probably know it, John, without having to yeah. look at the list. But the list serves as a way to check you. Um, I read a lot about behavior changes. And one of the things that they talk about is like when someone who is a pilot gets in the cockpit, it doesn't matter how long they've been doing, they have to go down that list because they know that one, it's our safety, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. at the end of the day, they talked about the fact that it doesn't matter how often we all do it. John, you do how many podcasts, right? Oh, a yeah. week? And then yeah. you're, but inevitably, if you look down that list, I bet you on one day, Someone will have distracted you and you will have missed something if you don't yeah. look back at that list. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, did, I did last week. I, f I forgot to um, upload clips to YouTube for the podcast that went out last week. So I just forgot. And for anyone who's, you know, listening when you're freelancing, but you get that itch to say, you know, maybe I don't want to just be just me anymore. Mm. As soon as you want to not just be you. <laughs> yeah. If you don't have those checklists in place uh what happens is you spend more time checking someone else's work because you don't have something and it's going to be harder to grow and that that, that actually john is a lesson that i learned the hard way i wish i had done that when i started my business in college i i wish i had understood the value and importance of setting up functional documentation just even for myself because it would have made my growth easier. And yeah. the more you try to, and then it also makes it easier for you to market and sell because you now have a process and now you can say that you have your own process. Sure. So we can always have some fun spin with that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, so how do we make time for this water cooler chat? You know, the kind of things that make people tick, that, that kind of 
make you forget work for just five minutes and you can just have a chat about what was on TV last night. How do we do this when we're remote? Well, when you are remote, you do have to make an effort to do this. And Mm. um, you definitely can do this with our tools. I think we've all saw that. If you're in a smaller organization, um, I would recommend why not doing it almost like a networking event so you can get with other individuals. um, And this is where I encourage a video-based system because seeing people on the screen and engaging with them is much more uh, interesting and fun. However, there are some fun games that we've played with Slack. So uh, one we have played and it's a fun thing is uh, just a question of the week. So one of our questions was, you know, share a, a song that represents yourself. And um, when we we took time out, because obviously we, as everybody on the team did this, we're all distracted from work. And we left so much because we learn so much about different team members because the song choices that some people submitted we had never never thought because everybody had to put a youtube video in and oh they were just it was just so much fun so it's like anything else it's effort we have to say okay maybe uh every monday you're gonna do this as a way to you know, kick it off. Um, or maybe once a quarter, you're going to get together and host something that's a little more digital focused, but set some parameters to it. And like anything else, it's just like the effort to go out, John, right? It's yeah, yeah. no different to make an effort to go to the networking event. The same thing is true with our world of digital. Yeah. Do you think we ought to let people who don't want to turn up not be there? Because uh, uh, the you know those 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 awkward evenings in the sports bar for the company after work where half year don't really want to be there. You just want to go home to your kids and everything. Do you think we should give people a chance to not be there? So you know it's an interesting question mm. because um, this is a little different. If you're talking about team building and you're trying to build relationships. It is one of these where if you are doing it during working hours, it sets a different tone. Yeah. Uh, If you do something after hours, I think like anything else, if it's after hours, it's it's one of those, we'd love to have you, but it's not a requirement. But if you're trying to build communication or team, you know, we, I always recommend that you try and do one during your own, you know, working hours but also encourage everyone to be a part of it because we are going to need those individuals, even those more reserved individuals, they're part of your team. And if they're part of your team, then you don't want them to not join in. We need to coax them to be part of things because we need them to be there when we ask them to do something for a project. So what what do you think is your best tool? What's your favorite tool? What's the best thing that's really helped with your productivity, working kind of like hybrid remote and everything? Hmm. Mm. So, uh, well, we have um, we have a process here. So I would say uh, the best advice that I have ever gotten, and I think that makes us not just productive, but more of a team is um, we use GoToMeeting, 
um, or you can use Zoom. Um, mm -hmm. We do video and we record everything. Right. And why that has become so important is this goes back to everything we were talking about, which is by recording our meetings, we get the transcript. When we get the transcript, when someone says, oh, I don't remember what something was said on a meeting, we have that to refer to. So I, I have found that to be very helpful because it helps those who got distracted during the meeting and didn't want to say, oh, I didn't hear that. And they're embarrassed to say, I didn't yeah. hear that because let's be honest, they got distracted by something else. <laughs> but that that tool has helped. I, I think my team overall has explained to me that just being on video and recording them and having those meeting notes uh, we have much more process or outside of that, but I would say that's probably one of my favorite things to tell, especially if you're a one person business, record your meetings yeah. and go back and look at the recordings. One of my favorite things about that, John, is not only does it make you more productive, but it makes you a better marketer because you hear the word choices of the person that's your client and you realize this is how they say things. Sure. This is how they refer to things. So uh, it has been, I think, one of the best things. And I have to be honest, had we not had the world happen the way it had, mm -hmm. I don't think I would have done that. I would make notes. But now, because not every team member can be on every meeting, we record <laughs> yeah. every meeting. And now I have a transcript that makes me um, reflect. It makes me a better business owner. It makes me a better communicator. It, it helps me come up with new ideas. Uh, as a marketer, I'll listen to something and go, huh, interesting. I hadn't thought about that. And so, so I will say that's probably one of my favorite things that I would never have done have the world not changed. <laughs> Uh, I could chat about this for hours. It's fascinating. Um, where can we find you, Jennifer? Where's your website and your social media bits and pieces? Absolutely. So uh, technologytherapy.com is our website. And then no surprise, everything is off of that. So we yeah. are on Facebook at Technology Therapy. We are, I am on LinkedIn. And so you can always find, if you even just Google Technology Therapy, we're the first thing that comes up. So I hope that some of you will come see us and connect with me. Fantastic. I'll leave links and things in the show notes so folks can just tap on those. Brilliant. Um, Jennifer, thanks ever so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you, John. Thanks again to Jennifer for her time. Don't forget to check out all the links in the show notes. Give them a quick tap. And if you've enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe for more on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts. It's everywhere. Just search your favourite podcast player for Not Another Marketing Podcast. Thanks for listening.